You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there, or whatever day you're listening to this podcast here. It is the Locked On Syracuse podcast here with you every single weekday. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Feel free to give us a follow subscribe tell a friend rate review drop a, a review in there i, I know we that do more than just uh syracuse stuff on on the twitter account too do, have you seen uh who's hopping in our mentions these days oh yeah we're that was like weird poetry tweets <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i'm loving it we're, we're getting these immaculate poetry tweets there, there are some fights happening in, in the thread but we've now gone what i think we've gotten two poetry tweets from uh at poetry sifter is giving really? us uh, their po- their poem thoughts. So okay, hey, twenty twenty. I, I can use some positive there. thinking. I'm all for yeah. poetry. A little little late night reading, maybe to to help me get through a tough week or two in twenty twenty. I'm all for it. Yeah. So, so send us your poems. Too. Yeah. Since <laughs> we're the podcast that accepts poems and hot takes and Syracuse related content, anything in between, we'll, we'll accept it all. On we need Kendall Coleman to talk about these the poems. Yeah, that's he was right. a, remember he was a big poetry guy. He was a a Renaissance man, if you will. Yes. Who was the piano guy? There was one guy recently. Was it Kendall? Am I? Just is he just everything? I mean, he may have he may have. Been, I I know Rex was the guitar guy. Oh right, big, uh, yeah, and, and the doom buggy on the guy. Strings. Yeah, Rex Culpepper. He built a doom buggy. May might not be able to hit a an eight yard out, but the guy built a doom buggy. So so props yeah. to him. Anyway, we're gonna be talking about the quarterback position today. Um, we we talked a little bit about Garrett Schrader on the tail end of yesterday's podcast, but so obviously if you haven't seen it by now, basketball was canceled, or I guess it should say postponed is the the proper terminology here. The game against Notre Dame, we were we thought we'd be previewing the game today. That is unfortunately not going to happen because Buffalo had what was a positive test in their party. So Syracuse is on pause as it stands right now. I I know as of us recording this tie, not a lot of details on how long they're going to be on pause, what it means for Wake Forest, when this game could get rescheduled. All that's kind of still up in the air, but kind of a bummer because I was looking forward to seeing what they had against Notre Dame on Tuesday night. And it's kind of nice for us, too, because all of a sudden, two days of programming are just opened up. We've got today where we can kind of kick our feet up, talk some some recruiting, talk some football with the, the Garrett Schrader news coming in, and then we can also assess where this team is through the first handful of games. So, yeah, it would have been nice to see them play Notre Dame, um, but alas, here we are. Yeah, we, we get to catch our breath. That's a good way of looking at it. Kind of just take stock. We've of been jammed up, is. I feel like. Like, yeah. every single day, there's something big that happens, and it feels like we're running out of time. Right. Like, these shows, we like to try to keep them 30 minutes, but they end up being 40, 45 minutes because there's just so much stuff we got to get to. And now, all of a sudden, we've got two days uh, of empty shows. Yeah, we just missed the 44-minute mark. I know there's one of our followers who's tweeted at us a couple times because of that. I think we were at 45 on yesterday. So we'll see where this one falls. I don't I don't think we'll quite get to 44. But we were kind of cut short on the Garrett Schrader talk a little bit yesterday. And I, I think it's nice that we do have some time to have some full-fledged thoughts here. Also, some interesting kind of news came out in regard to Garrett Schrader. And credit Stephen Bailey, who does some great work over at CuseNation.com, 24-7 sports, and covering Syracuse there. He chatted with Garrett Schrader and wrote an article about it. 
And just to kind of give you guys the sort of cliff notes here, there were some very intriguing art quotes, I guess I could call it, from Schrader. And basically, the gist of it, I'll just run through the quotes and, and let people take it for what they want, but it, it made it seem like Garrett Schrader has every intention to start this upcoming season. He said, I like Coach Babers a lot. He's very excited, very energetic guy, passionate. He said he's not bringing someone in to be the backup. He's bringing me in to compete and ultimately try to win the job. I'm not coming to sit. That was a big thing when he said that. He said, I'm not bringing you in to sit here and back up. I need you to go win the job. But he said, I'm not going to hand it to you. He wants me to come in and make that quarterback run better and make the team better. And that's what I'm trying to do. But the biggest thing for me, Ty, there is I need you to go win the job. In other words... Is that a we, desperate We want plea? another quarterback. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, to me, that, that shows Dino Babers does not have confidence in the guy in the room right now, whoever that is, whether it's a guy like uh, Tommy DeVito, Rex Culpepper, Jacobian Morgan. He doesn't have any faith there. Like, that, that run is over now. And, or maybe he thinks that one of those guys is not going to be with the team now that Garrett Schrader's here. So he doesn't have any confidence there in, in what's in the room right now. He wants some fresh blood, whether it's Schrader, whether it's Justin Lampson, something of that. But kind of like what, what I said yesterday, I don't think the quarterback room is going to be as full as it looks right now. I don't think all of those guys are going to be back with this team. Some We're going to see some sort of movement somewhere. I just I would, imagine that. Yeah, I would hope that Tommy comes back and competes for the job because I think selfishly, while I... It might not be in Tommy's best interest because one of those guys is going to lose if, you know, there is a quarterback competition and everyone comes back. And then one guy is kind of in a tougher spot. And you, and you do feel for Tommy if that's how it ends here at Syracuse because he was built up to be in a really good position. And he never really got an offensive line at, with the exception of some games there in his sophomore year where he did look pretty good and, and had some high hopes after that. But I would hope that there's a competition because I think that selfishly makes it better for us as Syracuse people that follow the team and and want the team to succeed. So that would probably be best. But you're right. I do think those quotes, and I talked about how yesterday it doesn't necessarily mean in my eyes that Trader's coming to start this year. I still think it's a competition, but I do think the chances of him starting after reading those quotes are is definitely a little bit higher. You you have to acknowledge that because... Yeah, yeah. The, the way I see it after reading that is if it's a tie it's Garrett Schrader's job right it, it because he brings that extra threat there the threat of the legs and he talked about watching film with these Syracuse coaches and we've obviously seen what Eric Dungy did but then Sterling Gilbert worked with a couple of pretty good players at South Florida too Quentin Flowers Blake Barnett guys who I mean Flowers racked up over a thousand yards as a senior to go along with 11 touchdowns which is even better than the the numbers that Dungy put up, uh, at least rushing yard yardage-wise uh, w- with Syracuse. So they've had success with running quarterbacks, and I think that's what the this whole purpose was, was go out there, get a guy who's mobile, because that's just the way the game's moving in general. Whether you want to look at it at the high school level, college level, professional level, people don't want these, these, mo- these uh, immobile quarterbacks, the stationary guys, the statues. That era is over. You need to win now with these mobile guys who can bring you that extra threat. So I took some time last night, this instead of, you know, scrolling through TikTok or doing something else to occupy my time. Yeah, that's what I did. Right. (laughs) Or or Netflix or whatever I've been doing in the pandemic here. I watched Garrett Schrader highlights and I just watched film on him for a while. And 
I do feel like I have a much better sense of who he is as a player now. And this isn't groundbreaking or anything, but the one thing that really stood out to me is he is the anti-Tommy DeVito. He is the opposite of DeVito in every sense of it. Like every single one of his strengths is a DeVito weakness and every single one of his weaknesses is probably a strength for DeVito. And when you just compare the two, it's kind of fascinating because they're very different players. So which way they go is going to be a complete change in what they're putting back there at quarterback. Like it's it's kind of like Dungey and DeVito when they were both there because obviously it's a lazy comparison, but you do see a lot of Dungey in his game. Right, and I think the one thing worth noting, and maybe you picked this up too from the film, he gets a lot of clean pockets at Mississippi State. Like, he had some time to throw, and even when the pocket did collapse, he found ways to evade and get out of it and create extra time. I mean, it felt like sometimes he had 10 seconds back there, and he's not going to have that luxury at Syracuse. So I want to see what he can do when the offensive line breaks down. And again, we've seen it a little bit with him too. Yeah, I think we've seen it. and and Even... That, I mean, that, that he stood can't out evade it out of it. Right, yeah. And, and we saw that added layer of mobility, and it helps. It's really helped. And we saw it with Dungy, where, how he could extend some plays. And Schrader has that. And quite frankly, when the pocket collapsed, so did Tommy DeVito last season. Hey, guys, you ever feel like life just forces you to be on all the time these days? Well, every now and then, it's important to stop and reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is my favorite beer for just kicking back, watching sports on the weekend, having it by your side. It's my favorite beer for playing golf, having it in the cart, in the cooler, while you're riding around, hitting some shots on the weekend. It's just my favorite beer out there, and it's great for any situation, especially watching sports these days when you've got uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. Don't forget about Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that is get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, it's the best time of the year in the football season because college football is heading into its bowl season and there are plenty of big matchups. I know that entire bowl slate came out and there are tons of games that I can't wait to wager on. The NFL regular season is finishing up and the playoff picture is becoming clear. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust to do all of our wagering. That is BetOnline. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Just take a look at this upcoming NFL slate. We've got games four days in a row this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And there's no better way to spice up some Christmas dinner and all that stuff with a little bit of action on the Vikings and the Saints. They've got prop bets, they've got totals, they've got spreads, money lines, all that stuff. There's a ton of college games, college basketball, the NBA is coming back this week as well. There is so much going on and so much to gamble on these days. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action yourself. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On, all one word, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, promo code Locked On, and you will receive a 50% bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. He's at his best, Schrader, when he's improvising, and that's what makes him so different from DeVito. The weakness of DeVito was he was hesitant and tentative. 
to make plays. Schrader is the opposite. He's fearless. He's reckless. He's impulsive. That would be his weakness. Both for better and for worse. Yes, right. He's going to make some some boneheaded plays, I think, if he becomes a starter at Syracuse. And the other thing that's just completely different about the two, Tommy DeVito is a quarterback in, like, every sense of the word. Like, he was groomed from a young age. You can tell that he checked a lot of boxes. He learned how to pass the right way. TD McCoy, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, this, this prophecy continues. We all know this, but... His passing technique, you really can't find any qualms with it, and he's actually probably even a little bit better compared to his peers throwing the ball deep than compared to throwing it short. Schrader's the opposite. He does not have great technique. He doesn't strike me as a quarterback yet. Like He's very raw in terms of his technique, his footwork in the pocket, his decision-making a little bit is reckless at times. But the one thing that I did take away that I really do like about the thought of him being the starting quarterback and something that I think is integral for this offense that Syracuse runs. He's very, he's actually pretty accurate with short passes and quick throws to the perimeter, which is a lot of the Syracuse offense RPOs where you have the option to throw a slant to the outside. Now Syracuse's wide receivers aren't as good as Mississippi state. So that's going to be a learning curve for him, but I like that he's actually pretty accurate on short passes from what I've seen. And he did mention, too, that part of the reason he came is because he liked the supporting cast at Syracuse, too. So I think that's another thing that we have to consider with with Schrader. He does have some confidence in the outside targets. Now, do we know who's going to be there next season? No, we don't right now. And, like, are are we going to see guys try to make a leap to the next level or or whatnot? Or or are we going to see other guys transfer? We don't know exactly what's going to be in that receiver room. So I'm most excited with with Schrader because of the potential and we've seen the flashes of it with him too in that freshman season at Mississippi State and I think you're right the the recklessness to him it's one of those things that it brings you such intrigue but you know you're going to be hitting yourself a couple of times and yeah. just wondering how the heck could he have made that decision at times and I would say the same thing we felt the same way about Eric Dungy. Oh yeah, at, at yeah. certain points when he was younger, and he, even in his senior year, he was reckless to uh, to, and it brought him to great heights, and it took him to to very very deep and dark places too at times. So, um, the no, but the lazy comparison is Eric Dungy, but you just see so much of the same and the the raw passing ability. Again, Dungy wasn't a great passer when he got to Syracuse. He got tooled and worked on, and and Dino Babers put his QB magic into him a little bit. And we saw one of the best players in the conference when he was a a senior. Right. Schrader, I think, has a tendency, from what I've seen, to overthrow a lot and throw too high, especially when you're talking about passes over the middle of the field or passes that are deeper. I, I did like, like I said, his accuracy on the shorter passes. And he honestly might be a better runner than Dungy. He's definitely better at making people miss, and he's a little shiftier and quicker than Dungy, and I just feel like as an athlete, he's probably a little bit better, and that's partially why his ratings were just much, much higher, and he had a much better offer sheet than Dungy. His talent is eye-popping. Like, you you cannot ignore the talent there. The same goes for DeVito. It's just the Schrader talent is completely different. It's, okay, can we take this kid who's really raw and refine him a little bit? DeVito is, Can we take this kid who passes a lot of checkpoints in terms of technique and was groomed the right way and just get his confidence up a little bit and get him a little bit better 
when the pocket breaks down. Schrader's great when the pocket breaks down. He's so-so when the pocket's good. DeVito is really pretty good when the pocket's good. We've seen that. The stats back it up. And he's terrible when the pocket collapses. The thing is, Syracuse pocket collapses a lot more than other teams, and that's probably honestly going to be the case again next year. So I'm leaning towards Schrader as the better guy for this offense. Think about it this way, too. All right, what's... Tim, you're, you're a big golfer. I'm... I'm a big golfer, but I'm not nearly as good as you are. What is the best way to buy golf clubs? Well, try them out, like get fitted. Well, try make them sure out. That... Yeah, to, in, okay. in, to a degree, yeah. But the most, the best way and the most cost-effective way to buy golf clubs oh, is I not to buy Hand the newest, newest ones on the yeah. market, right? It's right. to go out and buy like the year or two old models because sure. you're going to get them at a great price and they're still magnificent golf clubs, right? So that's kind of what you're seeing here. You're seeing, okay, Garrett Schrader's the the year-old model. He was a top 250 guy a couple of years ago, okay? There is some reviews out there. You know, like, you can go see, all right, what did people think of those Titleists over there? What did people think of those TaylorMades? What did people think of Garrett Schrader? And this coaching staff kind of has some tape. See what, see how he navigates in the Power Five. He did it in the SEC, okay? Yeah. It doesn't get much harder than that in terms of college football, so... When I look at Garrett Schrader, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like you're feeling it out. And we're going to see more with transfers, too, with Syracuse. I'd imagine they're going to be a decently popular transfer destination over these next couple of months. But it's kind of like buying a new set of golf clubs. It's Sometimes the best thing isn't to go and get a freshman. Sometimes the best thing moving forward, because I think we all have to function under the assumption that he is going to be eligible right away. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the thing is, I'm excited because this is honestly probably one of Dino's biggest ads in terms of recruiting wins, whatever. And I know DeVito on paper was one of his biggest ads. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Garrett Trader is going to pan out. But your two weakest positions probably last year were quarterback and offensive line, at least definitely on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think there's any yes. denying that. And you're adding an SEC one-time starter to your offensive line and an SEC one-time starter to your quarterback position. So already you know it's a huge talent upgrade. Now, those guys didn't quite pan out at the SEC level, and Mike Leach did demote him to wide receiver, but I do totally see why this type of quarterback just would never have worked in a Mike Leach offense after really evaluating the tape a little bit more. And it's not like I already knew what he was, but this just confirmed it more. And I, I do think he's the guy that I want starting after watching the tape. Right. Schra Schrader didn't get demoted because he was a bad quarterback. Schrader got demoted because a new coach came in and wanted to run a different type of system. And Schrader is more of an RPO guy. And, and Mike Leach is more of a let's throw the ball 70 times a game. And, and I don't think Schrader operates that way and that's not going to happen at Syracuse he came to Syracuse because it's this wide open offense there's RPOs you got speed that you're working with and the playing time is going to be there he got moved to a wide receiver and I think that kind of says something about his character people can say oh well he quit on his team midway through the year he didn't quit on his team the guy got moved to wide receiver he wants to be a quarterback and so that's a completely different conversation that's not him quitting on his team that's the team quitting on him Actually, that that's the way I see that. Yeah. Any other final notes on Garrett Schrader here? We can get into some basketball recruiting in a little bit. 
Uh, nothing really with, with Schrader. I, I'm just going to be looking forward to this quarterback competition. And, yeah. and who knows? We might not even see a competition because if, if there's some moving pieces in that quarterback room between now and when spring practices get going, I'd imagine we'd see most of the things get s- settled out before February. But yeah. th- this is certainly accelerating that process. I know basketball is fresh in my mind, but it does have some whiffs of Kadari versus Joe because we were talking yesterday on the podcast about how different Kadari and Joe are as players. And that really stood out to me is Schrader is just the opposite of DeVito. And right. it's, it's this weird position where I really, I, I like Gerard and I like Tommy a lot. And I don't really want their careers to end like how we didn't envision it or just you want them to reach their potential. But you also understand totally why both parties are actively cheering for or like some fans are out there really supporting the other option. And you completely understand why the coaches now will probably make a tough decision. I I don't like we talked about. I don't think Kadari and Joe is going to be a clear cut. One's playing, one's not playing quarterback in football it's just totally quarterback different is. And it's gonna have yeah. to be like that right but and, and again this is one of those things where tommy devito doesn't suck all right we've seen no. him have his moments we've seen him throw some magnificent balls before he doesn't suck he just might not be in the right place right now it's the same thing with joe joe doesn't suck he's just he, i think sometimes people are asking him to do things that he's not capable of doing and he's he's being pinned as something he's not right now he's, he's out of out of role, out of scheme, whatever. So that that's the way that I see it. Is and it's complete. It's I, I think your analogy is right. It, yeah, you're seeing the same sort of battle play out, but it's a little different sport to sport because you theoretically could have Joe and and Kadari out there on the floor together. You can't have both Tommy and uh, and Garrett out there. And I don't think you're going to see a, a deal where it's a oh we'll have a couple packages for Garrett. I think you want to pick a guy with conviction, and then roll with that moving forward. Yeah, Schrader could get hurt, though, the way he plays. So it would be nice to have DeVito as your secondary guy or at least get a little bit more out of the the backup. Because as we've seen at Syracuse, there's been a lot of need to go to the backup quarterback recently. But let's get into some basketball recruiting. Before we do that, just want to give you guys a, a friendly reminder that the Locked on Bets podcast is a new one out there right now. It's a great way to earn some extra cash as we go into the holiday season here. It's hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com and your boy Q. Lee is actually red hot to start the season. He's shared a lock of the day on every episode. So if you're into sports gambling, if you're just into sports in general and you're looking to make some extra cash for fun, subscribe to the Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcast. They're dropping each each weekday. They're dropping new episodes, and it's off to a great start so far. So look out for that. But let's get into some basketball recruiting on the other side. Okay, guys, time to tell you about Built Go. By the same people who brought you Built Bar, they've got the best workout gel on the market. An all-new product, Built Go, comes in little packages that you can keep in your briefcase, in a golf bag when you're powering through that back nine, or you can just keep it in your pocket throughout the day. It's great for having to break through those mental and physical walls throughout your day. I've been having Built Go a lot lately, whether you're about to do a workout or something like that. It is really helpful to just have for that afternoon sort of crash time in your day, that three to five window. It helps you get through that. This is basically like drinking a five-hour energy drink, but no crash feeling afterwards. Plus, it's natural, so it's just better for your body in general. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, 
and chocolate mint. You can get yours today. Just visit BuiltGo.com. Use our promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use our promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, so we want to take some time and do a little check-in on basketball recruiting right now, specifically the 2022 class, I think, unless you have anything to add, Ty, on 2021. It just feels like we're kind of getting Benny and then maybe a transfer or two, but it doesn't look like they're actively going after anyone super hard in 2021 right now. No, I'm with you. I think, yeah, and and that's kind of the thing that we've preached a little bit is that's fine. I'm cool with just a, a Benny class right now. Exactly, especially with the guys coming back next year, it makes sense. So, And Benny's awesome, so we're very excited about him. But 2022-wise, it's been a lot of twists and turns. You had Dior, you didn't have him. I saw it the other day, and I think this was actually a couple weeks ago, but for some reason I missed it initially. Roddy Gale was on, I think it's Zach Shoemaker. Shoemaker is one of the guys that interviews a lot of the recruits, and I apologize if I am mispronouncing his name, but I do want to give him credit because he interviewed Roddy Gale And he straight up asked him, like, how close were you, Chance, and Dior to coming to Syracuse? And I don't, maybe Syracuse fans want to mute the pod right now, but he basically said it was really close. And they had a group chat going at one point, and it was talked about a lot. But Chance was the one that was saying, I don't want to jump, jump to conclusions real early. But Dior was really pushing for all three of them to be together. So it looked like at one point this was going to be a great class. Roddy Gale's going to Ohio State. Dior, I see he's, he's been tweeting a lot about Louisville lately, but it looks like he's not obviously coming to Syracuse. He's not playing college basketball. basketball. Yeah, I, he's he's just playing. doing it for, for the attention, probably, unfortunately. But 2022, what's on the board now is a lot of still intriguing prospects. I don't know if there's anyone that stands out to you lately that's been getting buzz. We talked a little bit about Brandon Huntley Hatfield the other day at kind of the forward position. He's kind of in the category that might go to the NBA, though. I, I feel like Syracuse is probably going to end up just nabbing a couple guys that are in the sort of 50 to 70 range on ESPN 24-7 sports, and and maybe they get Riley Mulvey at the center position as well. It's, it's probably not going to be an extraordinary class like we had hopes of it being, but it still could be a very solid class given where they're at right now. I'm looking to see, uh, like when you look at the, the roster, I think that's the important thing. Who is going to be on the team? Who is not going to be on the team in, in 2022? What What are the holes that you're looking to fill? At least maybe not in the short term right away, but in the next year or two. So you're looking at, at players that can be major contributors for you in 2023, 2024. And I think a couple of those guys that, that really fit that box, you look at a guy like Justin Taylor, who it seems like Syracuse is very high on. I would say he's one of those guys that definitely yeah. fits that box. Um because you're going to need someone on the you're going to need to replenish the wings. And I think one of the things that that Syracuse is going to also be looking for, they're going to be looking for another guard like Kadari because th- I think that's the that's the thing that we've learned, right? That's what works at the top of the zone. You want one of those guys that are 6566 six, that have wingspans that are are more like 6869, six, maybe even 610 611 because that's how they, they've been able to disrupt teams defensively. And then hopefully said point guard also has a semblance of an offensive game to go along with it. Obviously, I think the biggest thing for Syracuse is getting a center and getting someone that has some physicality down low. 
Right now, you've got Riley Mulvey and Donovan Klingon are kind of the two centers you're after. And then Brindley Huntley Hatfield could play kind of that anchor position. But again, we've talked about him. I, I do feel like Syracuse is definitely in the mix there. And it's a little early, but it does feel like trending pretty well there, even though they came in kind of late. I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility that he commits. I just feel like there's a chance that he does go to the NBA. So that would be another tough one if he did commit and then you don't even get him anyway. But I don't even know if they had a guard in this cycle. The more I look at it and the more I think about how Kadari's been playing, the fact that Joe and Buddy can now stay an extra year because they've got a free year this year if they want to. Just what they have in the in the works there, it doesn't feel like a guard that they're after guys like J.J. Starling, Chance Westry. They could come in and play right away, but I don't know if they have a great appeal right now to a guard for that 2022 class. Well, I think they actually do because, sure, okay, those guys are going to be there for a year or two, but after that, that's it. Like, you're going to have the ability to play a lot as a sophomore junior and senior like that's sure, but the chance westry doesn't care in. about that I, i'm talking like no i know he again can be a four i think we can throw right. all those top guys out now yeah like, all, all the top 25 guys Zion, maybe, Cruz, yeah. maybe you throw in uh, brandon huntley hatfield to that mix whatever but those those top tier guys you can throw those out the window now like th- those aren't going to be guys that are going to yeah. end up at syracuse no, I totally agree. And J.J. Starling never seemed like he was coming anyway. He, he's another one that they've been after. I don't think they've really been after him too hard lately. So what you're looking at is probably maybe a Justin Taylor, maybe a Ty Rogers, a Kamari Lands, a Chris Bunch, one of those forwards or even two of those forwards. And honestly, forward has been their best spot recruiting-wise in the past five, six years when you even factor in grabbing transfers like Alan Griffin and Elijah Hughes and right. Andrew White going back, like, that has been the position. O'Shea was that, a great pickup yeah. at forward. I mean, Marek's been, been yeah. amazing. Quincy, I mean, yeah, that that's where they've done their best work lately. Yeah, you could make a case that Syracuse basketball recruiting, well, I think everyone would acknowledge it has been down in the past five, six years to com- compared to normal history. The forward position might even be slightly up. Well, the guard position has been okay, and the center position has just been terrible. Like that that's really where the I would drop say the guards the guards are down, but that's only because the, the bar was set so high. When yeah. you think about some of the guys, like they had Tyler Ennis, they had Michael Carter Williams, Johnny Flynn, all those guys, and I'm sure I'm blanking on a couple names right now, but I mean Michael Benege was rock solid for this team too. So you're looking at a bunch of guys now that just aren't the super superstars that we're used right. to. And I would even throw Tyus Battle into that guard mix as well. You're not getting the super superstars like they used to get. They're still getting solid players, but it's just not the guys that that uh, the standard it felt like was set for. Meanwhile, the forwards it feels like that you're continuing to elevate. You're getting guys that are among the best in the ACC. It feels like maybe not rankings wise, but in terms of how they pan out, you're getting guys that are among the best of the best in the conference. No doubt, and I do think Richmond was a great addition, and, and battles are recent enough to give them credit as as a recent memory, but Tyus is about it in terms of a superstar guard recently. Buddy and Joe have been good. They're not that high-level talent, though, of a top 100 guy that we're accustomed to. And Jalen Carey did not pan out for whatever you want to count that as. But the center position is the key, and that's what's going to determine whether I really like this recruiting class or not when it's all said and done. 
And when I look at Riley Mulvey, I feel like they have a decent shot in him. Seems like Iowa's in the mix. I saw he got a Virginia Tech offer recently as well. He's definitely trending up. The good news about him is he is very ahead of the curve skill-wise. And when you watch his tape offensively, he's much more refined than any of these other recent guys. But you still have the same problem with him if he, if he does come of he's undersized and he would have to go to the weight room hard and he would have to condition and, and bulk up a little bit, which you imagine he could do. But I don't think you'd be bringing in some guy like Huntley Hatfield where he could be a presence down low or Isaiah Stewart might have been for you, which is a sore subject. I know Donovan Klingon would would be ideal. I just don't really see Klingon happening. I, I throw him in the, the top tier that you mentioned where it's like, yeah, I just I don't have good vibes right now. I'm I'm not as keen on the center position right now because I think you might have something there with a guy like Frank Anselm because those are yeah. the developmental guys that I think they'll be they'll be soft redshirt sophomores and redshirt juniors by the time these guys get to campus. So I think you you're gonna have two three years out of some of those guys moving forward. So that's why I I like the prospects and the thoughts of, of what Frank Anselm could be. And even, I mean, we've seen John Bull put together some some solid minutes for this team. He's he's really the first big guy off the bench for for Syracuse right but now. But he has such a low ceiling to me. He's never gonna be. A, no, he's not gonna be a star. But he's he can be yeah. a backup for you for for three four years. Right, but I'm we cool need starters. That. We we need an upgrade at. But start. I think that's even what though, Frank Anselm can be. I think Frank yeah. Anselm can be the starter. He's just kind of a a prisoner of of the moment right now because of the fact that he wasn't given that full off season. He hasn't been given the he, he I mean he's walked into the weirdest situation he'll ever walk into it in his life. So yeah, I think because of that, it, I, I still like the the potential for a guy like Anselm. Even if Anselm's great though, I want a center from this class. I, I want someone that continues the trend of okay, well Anselm we hit on. So let's keep it going and get back to where we were from the front court. But position. I might not see it that way. I, I I think because if you do that in 2022, you're just kind of recycling the same thing here. I think you maybe save it for a 2023 or a 2024. And again, that sounds so far away, but and then really go big for a star there, a guy who can come in and be an impact because you're not going to get one of these impact guys probably in at the center position right away. Yeah. So maybe I you just, save that for 23-24 as opposed to spending time developing a guy and, and, and instead go out and get an impact guy in 23-24 who can go in as a freshman and maybe he gives you quality minutes as a freshman and then as a, as a I, would, I don't want to say all ACC guys, a, a sophomore, junior, but he's a, a big-time contributor. He's a, He kind of takes the Quincy trajectory where – he gives you some minutes as a freshman, and then boom, he pops off as a, a sophomore. I just worry that they can't get the elite guys unless they prove that they're at least making some progress there. I think it's unrealistic to assume that a center wants to come here right now that's an elite guy. But that's not going to change. That's not going to change by them getting a Riley Mulvey, I don't think. If anything, if you get Riley Mulvey, you're probably not getting anyone, anyone impact-wise at the center position in that 23-24 class. I, they should just be going hard after center every single class. That's the bottom line because I'm so you know, sick of. Actually, I would say scrap that all together. Just go out and get a transfer. Play the transfer market. I think that might be the best thing to do at the center position. I mean, we've seen Jim hit on his transfers pretty much time and time again. So yeah, to, they did to that me, with Chukwu. 
Yeah, I mean, I would I would say go out, find a guy, see see what his tape looks like uh, against Power Five competition, and then if if you fit the mold of what we want, and maybe you're not getting the minutes that you want, or or you want to move closer to home, or, or whatever the situation is, go out and, and go through the transfer market, because that, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. They just they've got to be aggressive at that position, because I'm sick of. Jim getting in those press conferences against Buffalo and saying, yeah, those guys, we just, we struggle with Josh Mbala's of the world and the guy, we don't have guys to control them. They give us fits. And he said that for the past couple of years. And I'm not saying it's a negative that he's saying it. It's just, he's even admitted they have to be better there. And I don't think they're going to reel in some elite talent unless they at least make some strides there. So it, even like, I, I agree with all your points about Anselm and his development, and, and we don't know, and we'll wait and see, and it could be the guy. I still just want to keep going after guys, because what we've realized is that is holding them back in the past five, six years. So you have to target that with utmost priority every single cycle until you cure that. The only thing with the big man and why you might be looking at the transfer route more so is we don't know what the timeline on Jim Beheim is either. So uh, in terms of how long he's going to coach. So the developmental guy is kind of feels like a a lost cause because we don't know if he's going to still be here four or five. I mean, we're talking about guys in the class of 22, 23. That's six, seven years from now. We don't know if Jim Beheim's still going to be coaching at that point. So that's, I, I, that's why it's dangerous too to, to be looking at all these 2022 guys and, and getting your hope. Cause we don't know what the situation is going to be like. 2022 is still, so far away in terms of of when these guys are actually going to take the floor yeah all right well we'll, we will cut it there tweet at us your thoughts on any sort of recruiting related stuff basketball garrett schrader whatever you can find us recruiting poems you might have yes exactly poems are welcome as well at lo underscore syracuse and hopefully we have some more answers on syracuse basketball schedule and the details of their pause in the coming days but we will be here with you on wednesday and thursday we are going to take friday off for a little holiday but we'll be here with you on on wednesday and thursday the rest of the week so we'll talk to you guys tomorrow